0: Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And your host, Hamish. Uh, so just the, the duo today, Bertie.
1: Yeah, I was.
0: 40, 40s down with a bit of a sore throat, and um, we're hoping Ham comes back shortly. Uh, but let's jump into it. So we'll start from the weekend's results in the flag, 28-12. to 12. Panthers, too good for the Eels, five tries to two. Um, it was 8.14 at half time, so unfortunately Panthers running away within that second half. Um, we didn't get too much of a report from this one, but given that Panthers are above us in this competition, it isn't the most um, outlying result that we saw over the weekend. And it feeds into, I guess, first grade because if we lose in the flag or the cup, we usually win in first grade. Um, but the Eels there, they're sitting on 18 points. They are one win outside of the top eight behind Manly, who they'll play this weekend. And their differential is better than Manly's. So if they get a win over this weekend, that'll catapult them into top eight. Um, next game, Eels in the New South Wales knock-on effect cup. Eels 24 to Panthers 25, a field goal being the difference between the two teams, four tries apiece, four, con- four conversions apiece. Uh, but we did have uh, a send-off uh, in Wiramu Gregg at halftime being sent off, and there were two sin bins, one for Nathan Brown and one for Christian Crichton. So Nathan Brown, um, with Wiramu Gregg off, we had 11 players at one point, so a pretty gallant effort by the uh, the reserve grade side. Um, but from all reports that we've got Jermaine Hopgood, uh, the Eagles prospect for next year and signing, uh, single-handedly took over this game for Penrith.
1: Yeah, and I think – and like. Yeah, I didn't go to the game, so I'm only hearing, I'm only saying or hearing what Ham and Forty said at the game. But apparently, you know, and it's not surprising, but um, the referee sort of had a hand involved. Like he pretty much single-handedly brought Penrith back. Um, there was a couple of dodgy uh, decisions. Like, I think Hopkins should have got Simbina as, as well. So, look, I'm not ref bashing. But I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we, we have incompetent refs in the NRL stage. You can imagine, like, the reserve grade. Um, One thing I, I wouldn't mind if they did, if they could just live stream the game. Like, you don't have to put it on a TV, just put it on NRL.com. Like, if they can live stream a trial in, like, Baffus, Mudgy, or Whoop Whoop, why can't they just live stream? They've already got the cameras there. Like, and, and I understand that's a benefit of you going to the game, you get to see the grades. But, you know, some people actually follow their New South Wales Cup grades. And we only watch them till it's, like, the grand final, so I don't know. It's a bit, yeah. How's it going?
0: Yeah, I guess they just don't get the. They've probably done the viewership, and there wouldn't be too many out there that are watching the um, New South Wales Cup. But uh, yeah, I i echo your thoughts there, Birdie.
1: Like even if you put it um, the but- membership, Eel, like Eels membership. Hey, I'll like for, like Fargues for thanks. Right, like and I know this AFL have um, all their VFL game, which is the reserve grade. All their VFL games are on live stream on their website. Now I know VFL has been around longer than, the, like you know, than the reserve grade, but I don't get it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. All
0: right, and the eels sitting in fifth in that competition, so they've got a chance to to jump back up with a win this weekend. The Bears are sitting one point ahead of them, but the Jets are out thirty-one points, and Penrith in that grade are running second. So um, not too worried about that result. One point in it, and down two players at one point, so playing with eleven on the field. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the upset. Or was it really an upset when we we, we sort of saw it coming? Uh, Eels 34 to Penrith 10. Uh, Try scorers Isaiah Papali'i, mega Sivo with a double, Reed Marnie with a double, and Clint Gutherson. And then for Penrith, Sean O'Sullivan, Liam Martin... Moses was five from six off the boot. Sean O'Sullivan, one from two. And the all-important uh, send-off to Nathan Cleary, just going through a couple of team stats. We had 55% possession, 30 minutes time in possession. We completed 83%. Uh, we gained Penrith by 200 metres. We had an extra 50 post-contact metres, seven line breaks to five, 29 tackle breaks to 21. Uh, average playable speed, about 3.3. Seven seconds to their 3.3, so pretty even. Then getting on to the kicks, there wasn't too much there. Uh, effective tackle, we had tackled at about 92% to the Penrith 86%. Uh, Penrith having to make an extra 60 tackles, and they had 29 missed to our 21 and 30 ineffective to our 8. Uh, we had 8 errors to Penrith 4, 6 penalties conceded to Penrith 7, a ruck infringement apiece. Uh, Penrith had an inside ten metre, and of course the send off to Nathan Cleary for that uh, tip over on Dillbacks. Um, Bertie, your th- thoughts?
1: Um, it was a great performance. Um, you know, uh, before I think they scored early off our, um, you know, it was, it was sort of like a sus penalty. Like it was like that penalty. Um, the Roosters got penalised for um uh, when they sort of when the play sort of tipped over. Like Reid money didn't, you know, didn't do a Nathan Cleary tackle. Or anything. He just grabbed the legs and the Panthers player fell forward, and that pretty much gave him the field possession. Um, it is a bit concerning. Like, you know, I'm a big uh, Will Pinnacini fan. You know, he's my boy. Like, besides, well, he will be my number one boy when Murata leaves. But, you know, he didn't have to be rushed in that, that far in. Like, I don't know. Look, is it Brad Ar- it's got to be Brad Arthur's coaching. I'm not here to bash Brad Arthur, but it just doesn't look good when you have... When he fell for, like, two dummy runners. There's literally two block two dummy runners there, and O'Sullivan was behind them. <coughs> it was good that they bounced back, you know, um... We still weren't dominating field it's um, Just like Penrith, their bounce side bags helps them out. And, yeah, it was good to uh, score a couple tries. Um, you know, And we actually wrestled back the momentum. And, you know, we, we looked at the better side up until the send-off. And, obviously, the send-off changed the game dr- drastically just because uh, Nathan Cleary is, you know, the best player in the league, essentially. But, um, yeah, it had to go simbin- uh, send-off. Sorry, he literally picked him up. He, he held the whole control, you know, and dunked him on his neck, so... The, as soon as I saw that, I thought of the, um, the manly guy, and I was like, yeah, straight away, I had to send off, and it's like, at least five weeks, um, and obviously, we scored plenty of tries, you know, Matto, he just, his off you know, just helped us in this game, um... He didn't start off until to our Cleary um got sent off, so they had a game plan to shut him down. But um, other than that, this is like the first game I've seen Simo run hard, and I don't know what it is. It just seems like he jogs half pace, but this game he, he ran a lot ran a lot harder. Um, and as, as always, um, all Paramount fans can think about is the negative of the second half. You know, we pretty much put the you know put the cue in the rack, which I'm a bit frustrated because um, you know, they have the, the they had the halftime comments, and Brad Arthur said let's put the foot on the throat and let's go on with it, right? And they didn't do it. So I'm just saying, like, it's just a bit disappointing. That's the only negative I can find. It's a bit frustrating. The coach asked for this and used pretty much didn't do it. Like, we are just doing stupid plays, you know, knock-ons. And sort of rushing it, it's just, yeah. And and Penrith just did the boring stuff. Ran hard, tackle hard, and, yeah, put pressure on us. But um, full credit to Penrith, you know, they they won the second half. And they, you know, they they didn't fold like you'd expect them to. So, yeah.
0: I think that was a pretty good summary. The first half, I thought we were getting pretty much on top at the point where uh, Nathan Cleary was sin-binned. And I think earlier in that set, he had another tackle where he sort of just rushed in a bit crazily. So I don't know if somebody said something to him or what ticked him off, but he was certainly uh, in a mood for it. And um, unlike you, Bertie, I was just hoping that it was going to be 10 in the bin at least, um, given, you know, a halfback, they usually won't send them off. Uh, but the golden boots for Cleary proved to be uh, – uh, too much and so they had to send him off not for the tip on deal bags but for wearing those awful golden boots uh what an atrocity to rugby league those were
1: yeah that's up there with wearing white boots i don't i don't i do you know it just looks weird like <laughs> hey maybe hey at least we're talking about that more but um yeah i know what you mean
0: i thought mitch moses he controlled it perfectly in that first half he had a hand in everything and he looked dangerous every time he had the ball and it turns out that he was playing with the, that that broken finger for the majority of the game so it's sort of Stands to reason why we took the foot off the gas in the second half, playing with a couple of injured. Uh, Reid Marnie as well had that rolled ankle too. So, um, you know, that first half, that was fantastic. Second half, a little bit disappointing that we didn't go on with it. And, you know, we really could have inflicted a, a big win over Penrith. But um, you can sort of understand them conserving themselves, uh, although it was a bit frustrating. And it just leaks into that thing that's been troubling the whole, the whole season is just those periods of Eagles football where they go away Go away from what they do well, which is running it straight and hard, and then defending and kicking long when they need to, and just slowly but surely increasing their field position and their possession rates um, until they get a chance to crack open Penrith, um, uh, crack open the defence. And I thought in that second half we did try to go too sideways. We'd opened up Penrith a, a lot in that first half when they were sort of rattled from losing their their halfback, um, but. We went away from the things that worked well for us, and I think there's just too too many times that we've done that. And I think it's it really falls to to the two captains and and Junior Pullo was off at that point when we went to our bench, uh, but especially in Clint um, Gutherson just to sort of steady the ship and 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 make sure we're walking working towards the game plan. And I thought we sort straight away from it in that second half, like you touched on, Birdie, uh, but forward pack back to their best tonight. Uh, seems like they need a challenge for all of them to get up, so I guess the next couple of weeks will be a challenge in losing their half back, and hopefully that's enough um, of a mental challenge for them to make sure that they, they go on with the job that they, they did against Penrith and don't have another mental lapse of a game like they did against Brisbane the week yeah, before.
1: Yeah, it's a bit concerning that um, Junior was off for, you know, when he was off for the majority part of the second half, will we pretty much get dominated. So, like, I don't know, Brad Arthur might have to work on that, like... It just seems like we're waiting. Like Junior has a rest, you know, he needs to rest because he plays like 40 minutes close to it. But it feels like he just puts him on oh, when, when they've scored a couple of tries or they've gained the momentum and we're under the pump. And it's not good to have Junior under the pressure, like under, you know, under pressure, literally getting um, rushed up in defense. I will say, the first time we played them, we we had a, a specific game plan where we would cut back on the inside because Pen used to rush or Pen rush a lot. So we sort of used their rush or their speed up a- against them. This this time we didn't do it. We we're pretty much as you said earlier. We we're trying to hit to the edges uh, early. Like Sean Lane, he had another great game. Um, it just seems like uh, you know we beat them twice, two different ways essentially. Um, and yeah, like there's not one trick pony for us essentially. But um, yeah, other than that, it's just just. It's just a second half fade, like um, Uppy. You can tell the difference between Uppy and uh, Reed. What how their game plan? Reed likes to throw twenty twenty yard darts, um, while, while Uppy's literally onto the advantage line straight away. But um, other than that, yeah, you know, Penrith are a champion side. They're the number. They're the best team in the comp. So, you know, you knew you weren't gonna we weren't gonna put fifty on them. Even though people were saying we'll put fifty on them, I just at halftime, I just didn't think it would happen. You know, you think they would respond. But um, yeah, other than that, um yeah you mentioned Moses. You can tell, like, every time he passed... Like, someone said in the crowd every time... Or someone said in, in the Discord, every time um, he passed a ball, uh, he'd be screaming or he'd be, like, you know, wincing in pain. So must be really... I, don't, I didn't see any tackle that actually happened um, or where he hurt it. So it was a bit interesting. But um other than that, hey, we beat Penrith twice. What more can we ask for?
0: Yep, roll them twice in the regular season. um <laughs> That's just the real problem with this season, isn't it? We got the, the Dr. Hyde. Or is it Dr... Is it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll performance uh, on Friday and it remains to be seen when we'll get the Mr. Hyde performance coming up this week when we play Manly over at Manly and they've got a couple of outs and they're obviously stinging in a bit of um, backroom uh, drama following the, uh, the rainbow jersey debacle. Um, but just remains to be seen what, what team's going to turn up for next week. But there, there was certainly a lot of positives in that game. Um, but I guess one of the negatives or the two negatives coming from it is not going on with it in the second half and not just having that ruthless um, sort of spirit in that second half to completely decimate an understrength Panther side. Um, and the second is, you touched on a booty, that, that edge defense, you know. Um, I, th- I thought the first one, you know, was good play drawn up to sort of isolate, kick out, and have the two lead runners running essentially at the same hole, which drew in Penicini. Um So I can understand why, why he fell for it. But um, that edge defense, yeah, at times it's just it's frustrating. Teams seem to get on the out of us too, outside of us way too quickly. And it's something we've probably been remarking on and batting on about for the last two or three weeks. Maybe in four seasons. It's just that defensive structure, and I don't know how good it is, but it, we seem stuck on it, um, and it's not going to change before the end of the season. So who knows?
1: It's definitely a, a, a Brad Arthur's defensive structure, and like you look at it. Like Melbourne did similar thing, or do they? They do a similar thing when they had at our Car, where their wing is literally and centers rush in. So like, it, it does work, but we just—I don't think we're quick enough, or we're pretty much. That's our plan A. We don't got a plan B. We don't. We, we're not like uh, second guessing it. We, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna rush in no matter what. Whether or not I'm gonna tackle the guy or not, I'm still gonna rush in. So it's a bit. Um, I reckon there's certain points in the game where you can do that, but not all the time, especially on our line. Just stay on your line. Um, but other than that, it was all right. We were all right defensively. Threat. Uh, we're much more physical this game, which I, you know, the past couple of weeks we haven't been much physical, but um, yeah. Other than that, it was a great crowd. You know, sell-out crowd. Or they said all sold out. But yeah, pretty loud crowd, so yeah. Yeah, just
0: as you touched on, it's just that mental. That's the mental game for the Eels. You know, they've got the talent to do it. They've got the drive to do it. uh, They've got the fitness to do it. It's just bringing that mentality every single week um, and from half to half within a game um and they've got a tough stretch coming up um we could make the top 4 or we could uh miss out on the top 8 that's how close things are at the moment and it's really all up to them where they fe- uh, end up uh, at the back end of the season um whether or not they're going to rue dropping some of those uh, games earlier in the season the the Easter Sun uh, Easter Monday game to the West Tigers and the and the game against uh, the Bulldogs earlier in the season um and you know we only just scraped by Manly last time with uh Possibly some uh, helpful uh, refereeing in the last 10 minutes of that match, but um, we'll be up against it again this uh, weekend. Um, All right. Did you want to jump into news?
1: Yeah, no, it's going straight to news.
0: Yeah, so we had the – one august deadline to sign um some players we were in the there's back and forth whether or not we're going to get marty to power that didn't eventuate and then on the day of there was back and forth about whether we're getting clemmer that didn't eventuate now clemmer is uh being stood down for internal disciplinary reasons um uh, but yeah it looks like we're running with the squad that we've got and i think we've updated upgraded rather um one of the train and trial guys is that right
1: yeah, I think uh, Ogden got up to top 30, so, you know, I've been pushing for him to play uh, since we signed him. I just thought, you know, he's a different body, he's much more bigger, like, and more, like, he's, he's, he's bigger than um, Ogden, not Ogden, sorry, Kafusi and Makotoa, so I thought uh, he'd be, um, I knew him and Rod will be fine for the spot, but yeah, it's good to see him promoted, and now we can pretty much use him whenever we want. But yeah, that's all I uh, can catch, that's all I can remember from the news. You got any more? <laughs>
0: Well, they were the big items. And then I guess if we get on to ins and outs, um, we touched on it before, but Moses uh, out with uh, that broken finger, uh, which he had surgery on, so he's expected to miss at least three weeks. Um, and then just looking at the news... <laughs> That was the major injury. There was sort of a cloud of a gutter. Apparently, he did a little bit of an injury. And, and of course, our halfback, Reid Marnie, he had a bit of a rolled ankle. Um, and we didn't touch on it, but Bailey Simonson, in the lead-up to uh, that game, uh, had a strain, uh, a hamstring strain, which saw Wonga Blake go to the wing and Opicek come into the centres. I thought that pairing worked out rather well.
1: Yeah, look, you know, Wonga Blake started off as a wing winger. Um, he's, he's got the physical size um, to pretty much... Uh, to play wing it's just it's just he's a bit suspect under the high ball like you know this game he also dropped or the game against the Panthers. he dropped the ball similar very similar to the against the broncos where after the kickoffs where he's just i think he's just a bit like second guesses himself and he just overthinks it so yeah it was um it was, uh, look I, I feel as he's a winger he just can't catch bombs so he'll be a target all the time but other than that yeah he's very solid uh him and him and um uh sorry who's on his who's on this who's on this yeah, opportunity yeah, was solid. Look, you're not gonna get. He's not an Next Factor. He's very solid in defense. Very rarely gets run over. Very rarely makes a wrong decision in defense. Um, and we just knew straight away. Um, before you know, we saw him pulled out for the New South Wales Cup game that he'll play, so, or something was up. So, very solid de- uh, defender. And he reminds me of um, who was it? It was a great defender. It's like, he reminds me of Jeff Robson in terms of you know what you're gonna get in defense. He'll, he'll hardly get run over. He'll hardly you know make a fool defensively but um, it just offensively just gives you the bare minimum
0: yeah just solid first grader Um, alright well let's jump into the previews coming up this week so we'll start off with the jersey flag Friday 5th of August 5.30pm the eels taking on the seagulls as I touched on earlier if we can get a win in this grade we have the potential to leapfrog over um, the manly seagulls uh, in this competition and jump into the top eight so um, it's all there to be played for on the weekend I'm um, just having a look to see who some of the ins and outs are. Sorry, I just moved away from the game. So, Gabriel Kalachi comes back in, Jonte Jr., Bethan Mesa, and Terrell Williams. So, those top two names, um, be good to have them back uh, in t- in the first grade side. And it looks pretty close to a full-strength uh, reserve uh, flag side. So, uh, we should be right up against it, against... Uh, the Seagulls. Right, right, let's jump on to the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup, which we'll see Eels taking on Seagulls Blacktown Workers. Um, so, looking at that, 3 p.m. Sunday, the 7th of August. Oh, no, so we've got a buy this week. Is that right? So, I'm just looking at this to make sure. Yeah, it looks like they've got a, a, a buy this week. and Everything's not played until – oh, no, 7th of August is – Is this Sunday? Sorry, I've got myself mixed up because it's the (laughs) 2nd of August today. Yeah, that's right. Um, All right, looking at the team. um, So, obviously, a weakened Eels team, but we're in fifth position. Blacktown workers have hardly won a game this season down in 12th position. Uh, Jake Arthur comes out. Jordan Rankin is out at the moment, and Nathan Brown also out on the extended uh, because he'll sit out some time, I think. Um, so looking at that lineup, it's somewhat weekend. They've got Brendan Hands playing at halfback at the moment. He's been sort of the fill-in for the whole year, but the rest of the lineup up for the bench is pretty pretty strong. Um, Luke Bain and Dan Kerr come onto the bench uh, who aren't regular names there. And looking at Blacktown workers, there's a couple of players that played on the weekend in the first grade squad for Manly, um, given their controversies. But it's not full of first graders so yeah, I can't again we should of, be able I, to get up in this competition
1: i can't find any you know first grade players in there like you know you got the people that played last week but it it, it reminds me of um the roosters feeder team where then they're, they're literally just New of Wales cup players but there's, you know i can't find any big names in that really so we should surely we should win easily you know um no on the wing you know he's a solid machine he's a beast Russell, he's you know I'm just I was hoping you know we're gonna talk about the first grade team I was hoping he'd he'd make a play this week but um yeah interesting Brendan hands a halfback because I'm thinking he's just a hooker I didn't know is he is he like and um, you know I'd love to have um Ham on here but he, is he like Reese Davies in terms of we had Reese Davies as a a hooker last year or a couple of years ago for when he played halfback played lock so can he sort of play those three positions or. I think he's yeah. touched on
0: it in a couple of other ones in that it seems to be he's sort of like the uh, the Will Smith clone, um, or at least they're trying to build him as that sort of can play 6-7-9 uh, uh, and lock as well um, when needed. So um, he's sort of just adding to his versatility throughout, and um, we'll see where he ends up, where his best position is. But he, was, uh, he did come from Penrith as a hooker. Uh, but I think they see him more as a bench utility sort of uh role. But he might be getting some more game time next year when um when Reed Barney leaves us.
1: Yeah. He 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 has it's it's screaming out to me, um he's like the perfect 4 for our team. Especially how um Brad Arthur used likes to use the like the bench utility. He's scream he's like the perfect one. Like Ray Stone was also there, but um yeah, with Ray, with Ray Stone leaving, he's like the perfect replacement.
0: Right, let's jump into first grade, which we'll see uh the Sea Eagles in 10th, taking on the Eagles in 6, 7.55 p.m. on Friday, the 5th of August. Played out at Four Pines Park, Manly home ground. Um, so fullback for Manly is Ruben Garrick. On the wings is Jason Saab and Christian Tuipolotu. The centres are Morgan Harper and Tualato Kola. And then in the halves, Kieran Foran, and Daly Cherry Evans. The forwards are Taniela Paseca and... For four. Sipley. Sorry, I missed that up. Uh, Lachlan Croker at hooker, Olukawa and Andrew Davey in the second row. Jake Travoyevich at lock. The bench is Dylan Walker, Ben Travoyevich, Marty Tapow, Morgan Boyle. The extended bench, Josh Schuster, Ethan Bullamore, Kurt DeLewis, KO Weeks, and Brad Parker. Then for the Eels, we have Clint Gutherson at fullback, Maker Seaver, Wanga Blake on the wings, Will Pennaceni, Tom Opic at center. In the halves, we have Dill Brown and Jake Arthur gets the call up, uh, in place of the injured uh, Mitch Moses. The forwards are Regan Campbell Gillard, Junior Polo, and Hooker is Reed Marnie, second row, Sean Lane, Isaiah, Papa Lee E and Ryan Madison at Lock. The interchange bench is Makahesi Makatoa, Bryce Cartwright, Oregon Kafusi and Miranda Nia-Core, the extended bench, Offahee Ogden, Hayes Perrin, Brendan Hand, Sean Russell, and Ellie Elzer-Kaham. Uh, so looking at that birdie, uh, pretty strong lineup for us, but this is probably uh, full strength for Manly pretty much, um, noting that they've lost a couple of players for the season.
1: Yeah, um, one thing that, that does scare me with Manly, they've got plenty of speed. You know, Ruben Garrick has it, uh, Jason Sarge pretty quick, Tola, sorry, Cooler, so I know I pushed that name. They've got plenty of speed everywhere. Even the bench. the bench is pretty big when you look at it. Like, Dylan Walker, okay, he's a utility, but they use him as a forward, like a battering ram, essentially. Like a, like a poor man's version of Brendan Smith, you know? Uh, other than that, like, Tapao on the bench, like, we we're looking at getting him. Like, they've got size on the bench. So, you know, one thing um, teams have done to us this year is they've just rolled us through the middle. So, you know, like, the forwards have to be on their game. You know, um, Andrew, like, he's just... I'm, I'm a bit worried, I'm actually nervous, more nervous this week than last week, because last week we had nothing to lose, right, it was, it was just a free throw at the this week, there's expectation, we, you know, we just rolled the, pen, you know, the reigning premiers, we have to put in a good performance, and I don't want to be like, I don't want to see a shit performance, look, they can get beat, you know, they can get beat by six points, and I'll be okay with it, as long as they give effort, they don't give up, and they're not soft, but, um, yeah, just show some heart, you know, run hard, and just give it all, and, I, and I'm, I'm okay as a fan with that, um there will be a lot of pressure it'll be interesting to see who who does majority of the, the playmaking will it be Dylan Brown or um, uh, Clint Gufferson you know we're trying to ease uh, Jake Arthur into the game but um, other than that I just hope Reed money f- doesn't feel the need like he has to win us the game off off his own boot or you know off him like just play your role that's what you gotta do just because Mitch Moses is out who's a ball dominant half don't, don't feel as though you know it's your time to shine just play just do your role make your tackles and then you know have occasional run here and there but um other than that i think we can target um morgan harper he's, he's a suspect he's a you know passenger in defense um other than that it's gonna be a tough game you know they have got their they their crowd you know their, their fans are so passionate um no doubt they will they hate us of course we're like their number one rival so yeah and got, so it'll be interesting
0: yeah well that's it it's um a game against Manly, played out at their home ground. Uh, they always get up for games against us. Um, they've got, you know, as much as you don't want to admit it, DCE is in um, probably career-best form. It's better form that he's been in for the last five or so seasons. Um, and that forward pack, you know, Oluwatu is probably a bit unfortunate to get a call-up to, call up to uh, the Blues camp. Um, I thought he was pretty deserving of that. And, um, yeah, they've got Didn- of power off their bench as well. did
1: for this of Wales as well? Didn't he say, like, he would never play for us, or was that just some media bash or some I shit I can't like that? recall.
0: I can't recall, uh, sorry. I
1: thought, I thought I saw something like, he goes, he would never play for New South Wales, and that's why Freddie didn't call him, but, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, but he's certainly in good enough form, um, if he wants to get the call-up to uh, be playing there. And looking at their outside backs, you know, Pilotto and Kola um, have been very good this season, but the person that I'd want to be targeting at the back is Jason Saab. Um you know, if you're doing those clearing kicks, put them down his end and make him ruck it out all night, and we've seen that can uh, lead to unforced errors. So. Uh, that's definitely the, the the spot to be picking, but uh, be on the lookout for those 40-20 attempts from DCE because uh, they're definitely coming. It uh, should be in the playbook uh, first and foremost, especially with uh, Clint, who seems to be a little bit off his his best pace um, in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if that's injury affected or just down on form a little bit, but um, he'll certainly have to be on his toes to cut off any of those 40-20 attempts, which will be coming during the game. Um there's some talk that we might get uh, some changes, like changes potentially. Uh, Reid Marnie sits out, um, depending on his injury, um, or Clint Gutherson as well. Um, with Hayes Perham coming to fullback, but that um, doesn't seem. That's just whispers at the moment, so there might be some changes closer to game time.
1: So if let's just say let's just play you know devil's advocate. If Reid Marnie's out, um, I don't see Mitch name So does that means pretty much Brendan Hansel will debut? And then most likely, would you would you prefer Sean Russell at fullback or Perham? I'd prefer Russell. He's got that speed. But Perham's been tearing it up since he went back down to reserve grade, although at centre. So it will be interesting to see. Um, another, one of, another one of those one where we've literally got to keep an eye on now before the kickoff and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think um, it'd be pretty difficult to bring in uh, two pretty inexperienced players in Jake Arthur. And then Sean Russell, he's played a lot more wing than he has um, fullback this season. So... Uh, it's pretty hard to bring him in to go at fullback, but I'm not quite sure. Um, we we'll just have to wait and see come game time. But the match officials: Jared Sutton, Casey uh, as the lead referee; Casey Badger, Darian Ferner as the touch judges, and Grant Atkins in the box. So, um, who knows? Can you really get a good uh, refereeing team at the out at, at the moment? There seems to be so many stuff up. So it's, it's yeah.
1: well, funnily enough, the um, guy we yeah. had in the weekend who I think is atrocious, Todd Smith. Um, who was it? Phil Rothwood, you know, God bless his soul. He um he rated him. He said he's like one of the he, he handled that night um very well. Like I I I find Todd Smith, you know, he's not. I don't. I think he's average, and I just feel as though it doesn't help the the two people at the top. are you know, every, even worse. So I would have, I wouldn't have mind if Grant Atkins was actually our main referee, but um I don't know, man. It's, you can't never you can never find a a decent referee. There's always hometown crowd calls from all of them.
0: Oh, there definitely will be this week. Um, all right, Birdie, uh, first try scorer, eventual score.
1: All right, so first try scorer, I'm going to go with... I want to go Jack Jake Arthur. He, he's got a great running game, and, you know, he scored a couple of tries in first grade, you know, dummy run. I feel as though he's going to make it, you know, big dummy. You know, Cherry Evans likes to... Oh, their halves like to rush up on the edges, so I feel as a great, you know, big dummy, you know, fend, and, um, yeah, he score, and, you know, great start to, you know, for the game, um... Uh, full time score. I'm gonna go twenty six twenty. I still think you know it'll be a try in it. Um, but um, yeah, it, I, I feel as though um, Dylan Brown will have a very good game. You know, I don't know if you guys watched that uh, Docco not doco the, the that piece yesterday on uh, Fox Sports his journey. And I feel as though um, you know he 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 mentioned that he's he's the quiet one and he likes to let Guffo and Moses you know run the team and he likes to chime in. So I feel as though this is the the perfect opportunity for him to get you know to uh, implement his own style and uh, let him run around the team and pretty much show because he's got, a, he's got a, he's got the world cup at the end of the year. So, you know, he's going up against Kieran foreign, you know, um, he's pretty much his only competition, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes against Manly, but I could see him have a big performance. He probably won't kick, kick to the death. Maybe that might be Jack Arthur, but I can see a lot of running from De- Dylan Brown.
0: Yeah. I think he'll have predominant kicking uh, duties. And also, as you said, run first for deal. That's his, uh his major strength. So, Hopefully, see that come out and him having a big game. And for me, I'll put myself down for, let's go with uh, Mega first try scorer, and eventual score, let's say 26 to 12, Eels prevailing. Again, it's all mental game. Can we get the right Eagles team to show up? They've got, the, uh, you know, it's Manly, it's an arch rival, it's at their home turf. We only narrow it a bit in, early in the season. We've got top four still in play, um, but also top eight. If we lose here, Seagulls are a very outside chance of making the top eight as well. Uh, but if we knock off Seagulls here, you know, it makes their run to the top eight even harder. Um, so there's all that incentive to play for. Um, just hopefully... The- <laughs> What can we say? We've had a, a, a year of this up and down um, performances. It's it's which Eels team will show up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I forgot to say, you know, I, I hate praising the Tigers, but, man, they did us a massive favor uh, being the Broncos. So, we're you know, we're tied with them and Storm. We just got to crap for it against. But, um, you know, we're, we're only like uh, 31 points behind um, Broncos. So, like, you know, just get the dub. And then you pretty much control your own destiny because I think the Broncos got the Roosters before us. So, you know, if Broncos lose uh Thursday night game, we win. We pretty much outright fifth, closing in on the Storm and Sharks. So, you know, we beat we beat Manly. We we pretty much control our own destiny in terms of uh, finishing in front of Broncos because we've got to play the Broncos away and the Storm. So, you know, I don't think we can catch the Cowboys. We probably can catch the Sharks, but they've got an easy draw. But... It's literally uh, us, us, Broncos to storm fine for that last spot at fourth. And, you know, if we finish fourth, we verse Penrith again. So it'd be interesting. And clearly we'll be back for that game. So, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see um the the end bit of the season right now.
0: Exactly right, Bertie. All right, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, NFL season fast approaching, about a month away.
1: Yeah, so today, um, so there's been training camps last week or sorry this past few days today my cowboys first day of padded practice and our first free agent signing this week uh wide receiver two uh breaks his foot so yeah not a good start james washington you know from the pittsburgh steelers um look i don't know what like you compare this to like nrl it just seems like nfl training camp or preseason like training a lot of people get injured compared to nrl if that makes sense you know there's always injuries. and I don't know if they just go full, you know, HK, but, yeah, it looks like we're going to hit the market looking for a new wide receiver. But, um, yeah, what about uh, Deshaun Watson? Got six-week suspension uh, yeah, for his... NFL yet, can
0: appeal that, so it's still up in the air. Um, it's not over just yet, but it's not great.
1: And then you, you had a guy who had a... Who, you know, I know he's gambling on the NFL games. He got a year. Now, one affects the integrity of the game and the other is just, you know, stupid behaviour, but... Well, it Surely. doesn't affect
0: the integrity, but he was betting himself. It was one of those sort of – he was betting on his own team to win. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so, like, other than that, um, yeah, how's your boys going at Green Bay? You know, is it love? Is he going to, to overtake uh, Aaron Rodgers? Have you traded him yet? No,
0: no, no. It's all about the wide receivers this year, mate.
1: Wide receivers. Who's your number one wide receiver this year?
0: <laughs> Man, it's the Lizard King,
1: Alan Lazard. He's number one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, can I just say – okay, so fantasy-wise, right – he used to go for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Right? I look. I probably wouldn't ever touch Aaron Jones because I think your backup is very well. Um, he's a good runner. Well, but Aaron Jones
0: might be the number one wide receiver. Actually, well, now that I think about it a bit more. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. We're, yeah, we're a bit light on, but um, you yeah, know, we'll just wait until see how everything pans out. Um, the, most of our division is uh, all all, all in uh, rebuild mode. Um, yeah. As much as. Some others think the Bears are in a resurgent year there. They're not.
1: It's like the um, NFC East. People laugh at our NFC East saying we're the least. But, mate, you look at your NFC, NFC North, they've got Lions, right, who are a basket case. The Bears, who literally are in a rebuild. And um, who's the other team? Who's the other team in your division? Minnesota.
0: Vikings, yeah. Vikings.
1: So Minnesota's okay, but that's a very soft division. That's why I said um, pretty much uh, if Aaron Rodgers left, who's going to dominate the division in terms of QB? It's pretty much Justin Fields. Or um, Jared Goff, essentially. Or even um, yeah, or Kirk Cousins. So it's another weak division. They doesn't get as much attention.
0: Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Right, well, how about we wrap up the chat there, Birdie? And uh, we hope for another Eels victory leading into the finals. And um, another one over the old arch-rivals, Manly. Um, so I hope you enjoy the game, and uh, we'll catch you on
1: the next Parapodcast. Yep, have a good one, lads.